Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Bald Move Prestige film. Today, we're talking about the 1997 political action thriller film Air Force One. It's directed by one Wolfgang Peterson, uh, who directed Das Boot, Never Ending Story, The Perfect Storm. Is written by Andrew W. Marlowe, who I'd never heard of before, but he's the showrunner for Castle, the uh, Nathan Fillion vehicle. Okay. Yep. Interesting. Uh, it stars Harrison Ford. We know Harrison Ford. He's Han Solo. He's uh, he was uh, India. He's still he's still Han Solo and uh, Indiana Jones. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't think he's retired from either role long enough to be in the Hall of Fame for him. Uh, he's and so still much Deckard too. Yep, he's Deckin. He's Deck. Mm-hmm. He's Deckin. Uh, Gosling as Deckard. Mm-hmm. Uh, true story. Harrison Ford. Uh, Gary Oldman. Uh, we've seen him in The Fifth Element, Leon the Professional. He's Commissioner Gordon in Batman recently. Uh, he was Winston Churchill in The Darkest Hour. Glenn Close, who got her start in The World According to Garp, The Big Chill and The Natural. She's recently in Hillbilly Elegy. Wendy Crewson, uh, The Santa Claus, What Lies Beneath the Sixth Day. William H. Macy, of course, we know him from Fargo, Boogie Nights, Magnolia. And uh, last but not least, Glenn Morshower. He sure. was the United States Secret Service agent in the 90s. Mm-hmm. And just just if you want, you go call Central Casting and say, I need a Secret Service agent. They send you Glenn Morshower and, uh, the, and 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 you just you just buy it. You buy it. He is a Secret Service agent. Yeah. No, I, I was pleasantly surprised to see him show up. He did not a big part. Not a big part in this. Not a big part. If you're, if you're but, looking for 24 levels of screen time, Secret Service thing, no. But, no, you got the uh, you got the quickie lube secret sur- this surface action. Uh, mm-hmm. They didn't vacuum your floor more bats or nothing. Uh, what do you think of this uh, little little bit of '90s nostalgia, Jim? Boy, it's been a while since I've seen Air Force One. Um, yes, it has. Maybe since the late '90s, it might have been that long. Uh, I think this held together way better than I expected. Uh, it's it's. This movie kind of grabs you within the first 10 minutes and just doesn't let go for the rest of the the runtime. And it's a little bit over two hours. Uh, I was very pleasantly surprised to see just how quick of a start it gets off to. And it just like it's able to carry that tension through the whole thing in in sometimes farcical, sometimes very realistic scenarios. And I thought that was that was great. Uh, Harrison Ford is really good in this like. Not not just at being Harrison Ford, but at being a character and showing like a range of emotions um, that I I seldom see him portray. Like when when he gets all teary eyed in this movie, I, I was kind of surprised because I don't see that mode from Harrison Ford very much, but it worked. Yeah, and I get that in my notes too that he has a vulnerability that a lot of sturdy action men don't have, where he. I'm trying to think of who else does it as well as he, but like for a fairly powerful person who plays a lot of powerful heroic club, he can sh- be um, portray thoroughly cowed mm-hmm. and like intimidated uh, maybe better than anybody. Like he's yeah. When, when the, you know, Gary Oldman's got his wife and family uh, by the short curlies. <laughs> That's how you get a man's family. Uh, he He's uh-huh. yeah. He just doesn't, he doesn't know quite what to do. Um, th- I, I think he, you're 100 percent right about Harrison Ford, and I could say the same thing about Gory, Gory Gary Oldman, uh, yeah, Glenn Close, yeah. 
They mm-hmm. have really good actors delivering what is C minus material. I think um, there are some. Hmm. Man, there are some real leaps of logic in the script oh, that yeah. Oh, yeah. don't well, quite connect. Um, but yep. I, I, you, you, it does what it needs to do to be a, a action thriller. It keeps uh-huh. the plot moving. Doesn't ask you to think too hard or long on anything. Uh, the movies hilariously dated from a geopolitical standpoint in terms of like the names it it, it, it and yet somehow still relevant for it's still prescient yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and I so mean, i'm comparing this to the to the likes of like armageddon or deep impact or any of those other kind of big blockbuster movies or Earth mm. independence day for that matter so when i'm looking at this i'm going like okay this is actually <laughs> this holds better together than let's send a bunch of drillers up to drill a hole in an asteroid and blow it up with a nuke oh see (laughs) with like a week of training i I was comparing it to like without remorse and (laughs) okay uh, and not without remorse that's not a danger yeah exactly i was thinking of like a little bit slightly serious but it's it's somewhere in there it's it's very it's it's got some broken arrow stuff into it where it's not a hundred percent serious i think Mm -hmm. there i i feel like you take 10 or 15 minutes of the most ludicrous stuff out of this movie and you could, it could, it almost be addition by subtraction. Like you take it more serious. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, I think it's good. It's is, I didn't know it at the time, but this is kind of the high watermark of Harrison Ford's career. Like he had a 20 year unbroken cycle of just box office hit after box office hit. I think he yeah. has one more after this, and then he has K-19, mm. and he never really quite recovers that uh, that that box office shine. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's still in billion-dollar films, like the Star Wars and this upcoming Indiana Jones, which I actually think looks good. Uh, will probably pad that out. But, yeah, it wasn't it, – it, it's not exactly where he was – from raiders to to you know what lies beneath exactly sure yeah i I get behind that but this is one of his highest grossing opens i think it was his highest grossing Mm -hmm. open until crystal skull it's certain it's i it it held the record for highest grossing r-rated movie for a long long time uh this was a big hit uh it didn't get a lot of oscar love but like yeah i think I, i remember this being well liked and it's You're right. Like it's sophisticated up against some of the big budget, like kind of spectacle movies of the day. Um, There is some really clever stuff. And just it's kind of like I like the techno thriller aspect of just Air Force One and like Mm -hmm. all the gadgets and all the special features and abilities that it has. It may or may not have. I imagine it's all fictionalized. Right. But yeah, I don't think they were. I don't think those features are like public knowledge. Right. The so they features might of Air Force One. It might have an Apollo era escape capsule. You don't know. It might have. Well, they said super... that's entirely fictional. The, the really? escape capsule. Yeah. The, the they would, wouldn't they? Stuff. Of course. Of course. <laughs> deny, it's, deny, actually, deny. it's actually a Mercury era capsule. Uh, <laughs> sure. Why would you put a whole fucking Apollo capsule if you just get by with uh, a single occupant? Uh, it's streaming on Netflix, so if you've got Netflix, it you can is. see this for free. Uh, that's that's nice. A lot and of yeah, you, I think if you've never seen it, it, it's worth it. Yeah, it's a, it's worth it. It's also just a 
if you haven't seen it, it's it is fun because like the like yeah the this is of an era. This is what we call mm-hmm. p- pre two thousand one entertainment, where the U.S. president can like give a speech about how they're just going to hunt terrorists around the world. Though it's it's yeah it's. God, where the hell was our head at in 1997, man? What the hell were we? What were we really afraid of and worried for? I mean, it. Ah, do we do we want to launch yeah. right into kind of like um, a, a detailed discussion? Should I give the rundown? Yeah, go ahead and give the rundown because I'm itching to talk about the details. All right. So Air Force One posits that the American president uh, president is uh, signing historic uh, cooperation deal with Russia in Moscow, where they're essentially starting the global war on terror five years early. Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. Why wait? Why why, why not be proactive? Uh, flying away from that event, he has angered a Chechnyan separatist. No, a Kazakhstani separatist played by Gary Oldman, uh, who is going to use the U.S. president as a hostage to try to uh, gain independence and the release of a war criminal to lead Kazakhstan. Uh, yeah, I think what he wants to do, I, I don't think he's a separatist. I think he's a unificationist. Uh, he's he's trying, as in my estimation, to reunite the USSR. And he thinks he, that this General Radek okay. guy is the guy to do it. I thought he was, yeah, he would prefer Russia not have the Soviet Union dissolved, but barring that, he wants to at least get, you know, his own country uh, set to rights. And it's, it's funny because, like, I think yeah. by the end of it, like, the goal, the things he, the concerns he has are, I'll, I'll, I'll say that they are valid, you know. There was a little bit of worry about what happens to these these Eastern Bloc countries when, when they, they get their independence and whatnot. And that's what mm-hmm. we talked about, the, the politics. Like, they name-check Saddam Hussein uh-huh. as this rogue guy who's just out there and this dude's dead now. Uh, we've, we've gone through a whole, whole fucking cycle of uh, desert wars about it. Um, but, yeah, looking ahead to, like, where we're at here with Russia and Ukraine – Right. That's, That's the like, thing that stuck out to me in his speech. He's talking about yeah. like, oh, it's been an over a year of killing and all the U.S. did was economic sanctions. I'm like, oh, fuck. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You really. You, you, yeah. That's why I thing is like, man, what the, the West could have done, done, done this a little better, I think. Could have definitely handled mm. the transition from uh, the USSR to to independent. So uh, former Soviet bloc countries. That's uh, that's my takeaway. Could have could have probably redone the '90s a little bit better. But then, according Maybe to Gary Oldman, our gas would be five cents more. Five expensive. cents cheaper. You yeah. know, I feel like it's a bargain. If you could go back in in 1996 and ask me, self, would you rather have gas co- uh, cost five cents a, a cheaper in in a, a year where it's going to be routinely over five or four dollars, or would you want constant, unending global war? <laughs> it's tough. It's really tough. Yeah. Because I, I do like... got pretty low MPG. I, I do like having that extra buck 40 in my pocket when I'm done filling up my car. But uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I feel like the global piece might have been... Might have might have been cheap. Might have been a bargain. Yeah. Uh, so, so so you're right. There, there's a lot of like politics stuff there. I, I was surprised by the casting of this movie, I guess I, I didn't remember like William H Macy being in it or like uh, some other 
kind of familiar names to us, like uh, Dean Stockwell. Obviously, he's uh, uh, that that guy from Quantum Leap. Yeah, Sam. He's the, is it Sam? Sam? But it, is Sam the guy or is Sam the robot, the computer? I, I think Sam's a computer. Okay, I could be wrong about that, but he's the computer. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Xander Berkeley, who we know from things like Gattaca and. Gattaca. He's been in a ton of things that I just can't think of right now. Yeah. And uh, Philip Baker Hall, who is in Scrubs, and he's excellent in that. Um, the one that surprised me, though, is is a casting that didn't happen. Did you read about who they uh, were going to cast from J- for James Marshall instead of Harrison no, Ford? No, I didn't. I thought this was bespoke for him. No, they originally wanted Kevin Costner for the role, but he <laughs> turned it down because he had uh, other commitments. Good. Do, do you know? Okay, take a guess. What move? What Kevin Costner movie came out in 1997 that he would have turned this down to be in? Postman. <laughs> yep. Did I get it right for yep. real? One of the more memorable flops of the late uh-huh. 20th century. Yeah. Wow. Congratulations, wow. Mr. Costner. You, you turned you played down yourself. The, the, the cowboy movies to do your own shittier versions. You turned down Air Force One to go be in a huge flop. Yeah. Harrison Ford is an upgrade from Kevin Costner in basically oh, every way, though. Oh, my right? God, in every way. Because the other thing is, like, I... Has Kevin Costner been in really believable action things? Like, Waterworld? But I don't know that he can do this kind of thing. Where Harrison Ford is just like, yeah, the, the, the exchanging punches with stuntmen... And gunfire, mm-hmm. like, yeah, he he does that shit in his sleep, man. He was doing that since he was hanging cabinets at George Lucas's house. Like, he's yeah, he's really good. And he yeah. also, when he gives a shit, can be a good actor, an affecting actor. You you mentioned the the moment where uh, you know Gary Oldman's got his family and he's going to murder him. I I found that really affecting. The fact that you know here's the president of the United States and he's just scared to death. His his wife and kids are going to die. Um, no, he really made a mockery of the Glenn Close. Uh, uh, part of the plot, but <laughs> they sure did. Uh, no, no, he, he's an upgrade in every way. He, he's more vulnerable. He's tougher. He is uh, probably better at accents. I forget K-19, what he did there. Um, oh, yeah, it's pretty it, shitty Russian accent. It, uh, let's just say my mom's favorite movie was Sabrina in no small part, I'm sure, because Harrison Ford was in the lead. My mom literally never talked about Kevin Costner. Th- those two words never came out of her mouth. See, my mom was a huge Kevin Costner fan. My mom all about Kevin Costner. <sighs> hmm. All right. Maybe there's a battle. I, I, I need to poll every, every woman who was a middle-aged woman in the 90s. Although my mom, now that I can think about man. it, a lot of the things that a lot of the entertainment options are household are swayed by her uh, her lust for these these middle aged uh, acting stars. Like she she loves right? her. I think she liked uh, uh, who's the other one? Oh, Pierce Bronson. Oh yeah, all oh, about yeah. Uh, him and Remington Steele. And oh my god, it's, I heard so much about his fucking chest hair. Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, <growing laughs> She's just walking around the house talking about. Pierce Brosnan's chest hair. Uh, that's the thing, man. The double standard. Because if my mom or my dad ever talked about any starlet right. the way my mom would sometimes openly lust oh, after look these, at her cleavage, these men. Right? Get out of yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. It would have been a problem. But, you know, sometimes yeah. sometimes those uh, standards, uh, they double. What can I say? <laughs> For sure. Uh, <laughs> uh, another Jerry Goldsmith score. I want to point mm. that out, too. Uh, he d- did a movie that we recently covered. I can't remember what it was, but. 
employees everywhere. It's very, very bombastic. It's very American. It's very late 20th century oh, American. Yeah. Just uh, patriotic as hell. Constantly starting to sound like it's going to do the, you know, Star Spangled Indiana Banner. Jones. Oh, no, I kept, I I like, kept you, hearing like hints of Indiana Jones in there, too. Mm, yeah, there was definitely a lot of, you know, I mean, that's the thing. There's a lot, lot of a lot of marches, a lot of marches. Mm-hmm. when you got the executive here. Um, the movie is really you mentioned like how efficient it is that like after it's like a 10 minute deal. And even then, the first opening act is a Navy SEAL raid against this Presidente type figure. Uh, and then you've got the be afraid speech where you got this American president mm-hmm. in Moscow saying that we're tired of being afraid of terrorists. It's time for you to be afraid, which was that taken as a dare by the terrorist community? I don't Terror. I don't remember. I remember the 90s of being like the most peaceful and prosperous time I can remember in my lifetime. Like the Like mm-hmm. the sky was the limit. Holy shit. We are friends with the Russians now. We're doing joint spaceship. There's nothing that can stop us. This is a real Tower of Babel situation. Uh, and yeah. then, uh, then, then, it, then, it, then it kind of all went wrong. But I, I, I would, I, I thought it was just so wild to see him give this like nakedly bellicose speech. Like you just, you just won the Cold War, America. Take a fucking victory lap, you know. Settle down. <laughs> um, but they've got. I, go ahead. I, I like the sentiment there. Real peace is not just the absence of conflict; it's the presence of justice. But boy, yeah, quoting Dr. How King do you there. define justice? Because right, justice for who? Right, it's kicking in the ass of everyone who was pissed off of how the great Western powers ran things in the 20th century. It's like <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, they got so they got that and then they got the their daughter, uh, his 12 year old daughter coming. Dad, I'm ready to handle adult responsibility. And then that's it. They they have Gary Oldman board the plane and with the help of a Secret Service agent. They take things over and the movie begins in earnest. We'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. I want to start there. This is the biggest problem oh, I have with this fucking movie. Me too. It's terrible. We'll talk about it in a second. I have to get to something, though, that... Okay. This is one of the parts... So there are two parts of this movie I remembered vividly. One <laughs> is... It, I got one, too. One is Get Off My Plane. Uh-huh, sure, yeah. Everybody remembers that. It was in the trailer. It was like... Everyone was saying it in the ni- 90s. Like, that was a thing. The second one that I remember is this... 11 year old girl running into the room with her father's eyes closed and just absolutely obliterating his crotch by jumping in the air and slamming <laughs> down on it. I, Oh man, I, I must've gotten some trauma from that, from seeing that because I still remember that moment. I'm like, here it comes, here it comes. And then like a I fucking didn't. nuclear bomb going off in his lap. It's Boom. brutal. It happens, man. He got his, he got stage racked in this film. Uh, I, yeah. I think, um, the one, the one, the one shot that seared in my memory, I don't know why, is the poorly composited image of the fax lady on her parachute. Oh, she's just hanging there in her harness, the looking pleased lady? as punch. Right. As shit is exploding behind her, she's just unreasonably. Uh, the 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 effect that she has versus the effect I think she really would of being chucked out of Air Force One at fifteen thousand miles and two hundred fifteen fifteen thousand miles up and two hundred miles an hour forward would, would is just it's just wildly uh, different than what I thought it would be. But I clearly remember yeah. in the theater thinking like this is such a funny image. 
this 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 lady just kind of hanging there, just pleased as punch with herself. Um, hadn't hadn't gone through any kind of harrowing thing. Just she's floating uh-huh. there. Um, just so we know, she she made it out. Biggest problem of the movie. Yep. As far as I can tell, there is no fucking reason why this Secret Service agent would have betrayed the president. And yeah, it's especially bizarre the things he does after the main plot is done. Mm-hmm. Like, so you've got this this uh, this Secret Service agent. Um, he betrays his fellow Secret Service agent and gives the the uh, uh, Gary Oldman weapons and a foothold because there's no fucking way. There's they, they kind of established. It. There's no way you're going to bring guns. I don't care how much plastic, three yeah. D printed shit. There's no way you're going to bring guns onto. Air Force One. So they had to have guns and they had to like decimate the Secret Service agents on board to make and they they did. So throughout the movie they because uh, no one knows that he's the betrayer. Mm-hmm. Throughout the movie Harrison Ford as he regains con- partial control of the plane he's always doing things like handing him in like a assault rifle and being like yeah, I, I trust you with my life. And the guy always does this crazy mugging yeah. Like every time someone, uh, you know, like the Harrison Ford will stand by an open an open door that leads to 30,000 feet and they'll cut to this guy's shifty eyes and he mugs and like they hand him a camera. He's like, oh, I'm trusting my and I'm like, but and then Gary Busey gets killed. And so does the president. He was trying to get Gary, Gary Busey, Oldman. Yeah. Gary Oldman. Gary uh-huh. Busey shows up just to get killed. <laughs> then Gary Oldman dies. Then the, the 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 his political sponsor. He's trying to break out the president or the generalissima or whatever. He gets killed, too. The movie's over. Mm-hmm. But the Secret Service agent, even though he has pulled off the crime of the century, no one suspects him. He decides to try to kill Harrison Ford. Why? It's. It's a huge, uh, it's just a big boner. It's a big boner. It's a terrible call in this movie. Apparently, so, so th- there's a novelization of this movie, which tells that story oh, God. in full. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, right? If you're appealing to the novelization of a summer blockbuster, oh no. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, so tell me. I can't wait. I can't okay. wait. So, so apparently he was supposed to be an ex-CIA agent that had lost a lot in in quotes here because that's what they said lost a lot at the end of the cold war uh and he was disgruntled wanted revenge and so he knew these guys from his his days as an operative and he was just like hey can i get in on it and they, Do they routinely hire from the cia dirty tricks desk to Secret be Service? the Praetorian Guard for the United States the, the, to who also has regular contact and association with like violent terror I mean I and so he just he lost at the end of the Cold War he, so he, he was really invested I, yeah maybe like he had maybe he was like selling cocaine or something <laughs> to, <laughs> to all the, the people in the, Kazakhstan? In the USSR I don't know yeah don't know. he's the number he's the number one coke runner into uh-huh. yeah, the Kazakhstan. Uh, I have no idea why uh, he would he would have lost a lot after the end of the Cold War. But that was the explanation. And then the novelization goes on to say, like, afterward, he tried to blame it all on. I want to say. Uh, I don't think it was another Secret Service agent. I think it was uh, William H. Macy's character. Like he tries to blame it on him. So he's going to um, blame, but then it all went horrible. But, but why would he have to blame? Because he they, wasn't under suspicion. 
He would have gone out well, of there a hero. I, I know that's the thing. Like no one's, no one ever saw him like open the weapons locker unless it's like his particular code or something that did it. But I, Man, I there's know. a lot of things they're wanting you to connect to. But like I, right. and the thing is, is um, and then he eventually gets gets executed for treason uh, at the end of the book. So. Oh, well, he just gets executed for treason by Harrison Ford by ejecting <laughs> right, him right. out of like, so the book is, huh, interesting. Um, I feel like the movie would have done a better job if they just had killed, if if he had gotten betrayed by the terrorists, so there's no questions. And then like having him sloppily yeah. trying to clean up his own, I don't know, it just didn't work for me. Well, there's an earlier draft of this movie where he just goes all in with the terrorist near the beginning of the film. Like he opens the weapons locker and then he's just on the terrorist side the whole time. And oh, I don't know why they didn't go with that because because yeah. they said like, oh, yeah, we wanted to uh, we wanted to tell that story, but it was too long to tell. Like maybe you'd have to have you don't really need to tell me that like he was a I guess you have to tell me what he lost in the Cold War at the end of the Cold War. Like just lost his job. Yeah, his power, his prestige as a CIA. So I guess there is a bit to tell there, but th- then just have him join up with the terrorists because this th- this didn't do it. But for it's like, me. But, like, but how could how could he have gained that much if he's a low level? Because if he's a high level, if he's like the deputy director of the CIA, no fucking way is he going to be a Secret Service agent, right? That's a demotion. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, it's just so. It's it's yeah it's it's the weakest part of the movie. I understand why they Easily. do because they needed somebody on the inside. But like I don't know why they had him hang around because to me the movie's drastically improved if they don't have this guy mugging every time Harrison Ford try, puts his life in his hands and this guy just like you know goes with it goes with it. And at the, the, end, the end, movie he portrays him at the very end when it's why? like how would he explain that? Like actually, William Macy went crazy and killed him, and I was very. But like, they could have made the the fact that the Air Force One is crippled and it's like it's it couldn't land and it was starting to lose the engine and like that's already a ticking time bomb. It'd be extremely exciting for Harrison Ford to be able to swing out of that thing at the last minute mm-hmm. and and hold on. Like that's the other thing. It's like the movie tried too hard to be exciting, and it's yeah, already they, yeah. they, they pushed they pushed the point of stupidity. Like Harrison Ford twisting one handed at the end of that strap. Uh-huh. Like just have him barely get the the carabiner yeah, okay, engaged, man. Like I don't believe the Harris even Harrison Ford's right hand's got that much grip to it. Or or the idea that like several MIGs couldn't take out Air Force One when its countermeasures are down in, in like yeah. a second and a half. I mean the, the Air Force One would have been it a, did a smoking give you- crater in the ocean immediately. It did give you the pretty exciting U.S. fighter pilot as Secret Service agent. Get down, Mr. President, as as the, <laughs> he intercepts the shot, the lethal uh-huh. shot to the president. That was pretty fucking cool. Um, it, the, the other thing about uh, the, the Secret Service guy is like his mission was lost, right? Like, why does he... Why does he even decide to betray him? Why doesn't he just get off the plane with him? The only thing and, and, the only thing that makes sense is there's forensic evidence that like the the, the right, code uniquely identifies it. him, and, and then also Air Force that. One's about to die. It's about to get blown up. I don't believe that they're that Air Force One has all this stuff got connected to the internet back in 1997 on Air Force One. Right. Like, yeah, it, it seems like an entirely unforced error, and it's like the 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 
the, the reason to do it is to get the pleasure out of cutting to this guy and have him looking nefarious every single time Harrison Ford hands him a gun yeah. or hands him at the anything. It's not that, worth it. Yeah, it's, it's not, not worth it. It's not. Make this movie because this movie's not too long, but I think the movie ten minutes shorter is is improved and you just get you, yeah, you clean that up. You have Gary Oldman be like, Oh, thank you for betraying your country. Your money is wired into your account. Blam, blow his head brains out, and then just yeah, the rest of the movie works like you can cleanly excise this guy except for his role in the beginning and everything works. So well, I, I don't have. understand his role in the beginning because like he he opens the weapons locker, right? The the terrorist and then like signals a terrorist. Come on in, get your weapons. Yeah. But then when they start shooting people up, he calls in a code red to the cabin to, to the the pilots because he's uh, trying to i think he was trying to have his cake and eat it too that like the whole idea was that he would be the instrument he would be instrumental of kicking this thing off and then bring down the american president these guys would get and then he would yeah, be kind of not calling free. a code red doesn't mean you're the bad guy right not calling yeah. a code red just means you weren't able to call the code red because people were shooting everybody so did, he have a per- did he have a personal grudge against harrison ford but not like against america and it's it, it that doesn't make I any fucking dude it doesn't that doesn't make any that doesn't no, make that any sense makes no sense for him to call that code red somebody else should have a different because Secret the thing Service is what should've. i really liked about this is that the bad guys almost lost right away like uh-huh. that was really cool. The fact that it was like touch and go, where that they're even in, and I thought that like uh, they the Air Force One pilots are super fucking brave. Like mm-hmm. standing down, like hey, no matter what happens, like they're all pledging their lives to get this plane on the ground. It almost fucking yeah. works. In fact, I didn't believe it. I didn't believe Sergey <laughs> pulling really hard on a stick to get this this, yeah. this thing off the ground in time. Um, but, but here's the thing: if if Gary Oldman already had a pilot, why did he need these pilots to? pull this thing up just shoot him in the head immediately i think every and then pull back up every second this thing is slowing down makes it that much unlike more unlikely that it flies again and like gary Oldman's clearly his whole plan was to never land because if we ever Mm -hmm. land you guys will fuck us yeah but but he wastes like a minute on the runway just like being like, pull up, pull up, pull up with the gun to their oh, heads. Oh, I see what you're saying. You're like, he why didn't they just, them both just and then have their Sergey get in and... the fucking seat and pull the thing up? Did he count on like threatening these guys with their lives and it'd be actually more create efficient? But yeah, the way it turned out, it was, it was, uh, I don't know why he needs these pilots if he's got one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, it sounds like, it sounds, but that's the thing is like, that's this movie's so clean that the only problems I really have with it is that the, very insight which i guess that's a lot but the inciting thing where you know the if they didn't have the secret service guy on the inside uh the movie wouldn't happen and there's no plausible reason you can get you can give that a secret service agent would like betray the president just for what money like yeah i don't know i don't i don't know what kind of psychological batteries they give these guys but i feel like they would they would probably weed all those people out Oh, this Probably. is the CIA guy that uh, got fired last year for saying, you guys have cost me so many ruples. And as he, you know, <laughs> let's get his resume put at the top of the stack. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, yeah, I, I, uh, I want to say I have a lot of minor problems with this movie um, and, and some major ones. I think that CIA stuff is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, but I still love this movie. Like, I have a shitload of problems with Armageddon. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Sure, of course, of it course. It could be stupid and also extremely entertaining at the same time. Is it been so long since we've had, like, a relatively young and fit president that it made it extra? Because, like, I the, the thing... 
I'm Obama. Think like Obama when, could kick some ass like this. Well, that's what I'm saying. When we had like a run of like Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, and uh, Barack Obama, say what you will about the gentleman's politics. Those are all guys that like during the presidential run, I would kind of believe if you told me they were a former Medal of Honor recipient. I mean, George mm-hmm. W. Bush and uh, Barack Obama particularly, I think, were athletic presidents. Yeah. But like, the last few guys we've had, there's like imagine imagine Trump or Biden. Oh, my God. In in the belly compartment of Air Force One wrestling with some 30 year old. Yeah. Russian separatist <laughs> with the Kalishnikov. Like, it's just not going to happen, man. Nope. It's not going to happen. But yeah, harken uh, to the days where uh, you could have a president that fall down and maybe not break his hip. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's the other thing that makes this movie work. Right. It's like. Well, it's Harrison Ford, so that helps. But then you find out, oh, on this version of Harrison Ford, he's a. <laughs> he won a Medal of Honor for running, r- piloting rescue helicopter missions in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. That must have been some fucking mission. I would love to read the Medal of Honor recipient, uh, like like the the write up for that because usually these, you usually don't get hot. it for. You usually don't get it for for sticking a, a bird like that. Um, but he and also, OK, so you are like the big swinging dick for uh, evac and guys in Vietnam. How does that help you with your hand to hand combat and your 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 skill with a rifle? Yeah, I mean, it's it clearly been a while since he's been in the military. Yeah, and even when he had, he'd be, he's flying helicopters. Right. How can he fly a helicopter and help the situation? I don't know, <laughs> because apparently he can out punch a Secret Service agent, and he can mm-hmm. out he can out strangle uh, a Russian a Russian separatist. So mm-hmm. good, but but yeah, they set it up in the movie where this guy's like an all American hero, and oh boy, if he can just get his hands on a gun, anything could happen. It was was letting Russian news crews. Not not just tour Air Force One, but fly on Air Force One with the president, a thing they would do in the 90s. Had to have been. That was all like we were, like I said, man, they did. The, the, My the, God, it, it was nothing but cooperation. And the, the thing is, is like, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's is it that big a thing to trust a person on the airplane when you have strip searched them, essentially, and put all their gear through? I mean, and and not like not like the 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 blue man Smurf group they got it there like you're 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 running through like a dozen Secret Service agents going mm-hmm. through all your bags and stuff. It's like how much fear do you really I have to have? Not. You got twenty dudes yeah. on your team that has access to automatic weapons and a locker that only they have access to. Like yeah, what are, what are they going to do? Come at you with the come at you with the the sharp edge of a Diet Coke can? I mean. <laughs> I did appreciate like the tour that they give them where they're pointing out all the security checkpoints. And, yeah. Like, here's, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Here's where you want to go. If you want to disable security. Uh, yeah. That's all pretty good. Uh, also, I, I think it's kind of cool just to have like these running gun battles on an airplane. Uh huh. It, it adds like, cause like none of these, none of these, these walls all provide like concealment, but not real cover. Like bullets mm-hmm. are just going to blow right past them. Uh, there's the intrigue of like, what's behind you like you you're this is like one big shooting lane and these bullets are going to go through multiple bulkheads so like every time there's gunfire and there's the president's uh you know there's all these civilians and the president's family there like i thought that like really heightened the risk uh it's exotic i mean i've never like i'm sure there were other type of like um 
you know, plane hijacking movies at the time. But like this is the first one I've seen where, you know, they kind of it's kind of like Die Hard in the air. And uh, yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, it's kind of a crazy concept, but a very cool one. What if just, what if terrorists got a hold of Air Force One with the president on it? Yeah, they they also established that Harrison Ford can speak Russian. Yes. Which comes in. That's another kind of like gift the script gave to itself early on that uh, I, I the thing is, is like when you started speaking fluent Russian and like fooling these guys, I thought like, huh, when I saw him speak in Russian beginning when it's in the context of the, I just thought he memorized that shit. Yeah, me too. Uh, but then they, they do say that he kind of like, did they say that he had, uh, that was like an ad lib that he had done? So maybe oh. that shows that he does have a better handle on the Russian language. Oh, his whole speech was an ad lib. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I thought in particular they said the the Russian, like it, it was like for an ad lib from, from the, even the beginning, the intro. Gotcha. Yep. Uh, I'm surprised that there are no scenarios no game plan for the hijacking of air force one none whatsoever they don't have any in the air options yeah they haven't they haven't gamed this out at all that seems insane because like i first of all i just don't believe it i don't believe right. that the secret service doesn't have a literally a plan and it might not be a good plan but the beast mm-hmm. like oh we have no fucking plans for what happens when this shit goes down in the air no fucking way no fucking way you didn't uh, yeah, I, I love all the stuff that happens on the airplane. I, I think a lot of the stuff that happens on the ground in this movie <sighs> is kind of bad. Um, yeah. Uh, the choices made by the vice president are suspect. I, I don't agree with very many, if any, of her choices. Well, you know, women, vice president, we're not sure how this all works out. <laughs> oh, I mean, Jesus. Uh, sure. In 1997, yeah, we were. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's like, you know, concept. if you got a bad you got a bad vice president, he's a dude. He's just got a vi- bad vice president. If you got a bad vice president, she's a woman. Psh, women just suck at vice president. <laughs> right, uh, right. I no, she I disagreed violently with every one of her. Yeah. Actions. Now, they all ended up working out because Harrison Ford's the hero. But everything they mm-hmm. said, like when when what was it? The was it the um, secretary of defense when he's like, look. Even if the president's alive up there, he is incapacitated because he is no longer making decisions as a president. He's making decisions as 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 a, a father and a, a husband. I'm like, yeah, that sounds actually right. And then when they got the order to let this guy go and the guy's mm-hmm. like waving this thing, it's like you got and I'm like this guy. OK, this guy made a prediction. The prediction came true. This guy just gave a speech like we will never negotiate. We will only hunt. We will only fuck terrorist but we will own and now he's like signing the order to like oh yeah we're super negotiate it's like it's just you, you, you sh- she should have taken over she should have kicked the secretary of defense guy to the curb yeah. taken charge i don't i don't understand why she was so passive uh, i mean okay i know all these people are friends right these people mm-hmm. have a affinity for each other and emotional connections the 25th Amendment invoking that is the perfect solution here because it yeah. takes all of the choice out of Harrison Ford's hands. He literally right. can't make the call that the terrorists want him to make if you if you enact this. And yeah. you should sign that fucking paper, that, that, yep. that, that list of signatures, add yours to it, go on the fucking news and say, we just made me the president of the United States. Uh, sorry, mm-hmm. terrorists, you have no leverage now. Right do, right. do your worst. What 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 can you do now? Yeah. Like it's the you, solution to the entire situation. And she just 
because she doesn't want the president to die, decides not to do it. And I, I and just I f- don't. Boy, you gotta you gotta think bigger. Yeah, and I feel like they weren't mutually exclusive too. Like she could have been like, okay, get this paper together and I'm not going to, I'm not going to take over to president until he like forces my hand or till he shows his, and then have her take him over, have her take over when, you know, like he, he, he breaks, he has that moment of weakness. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's scared to death. He, he kowtows to this guy and have the, pre- the vice president, uh, article 25 him. Mm-hmm. And then it's a re- the pressure's really on. Because maybe there's going to like, hey, if they if this guy crosses the line into Kazakhstan airspace, we're going to shoot the Air Force One down rather than let the president like then like the president's got to like he's literally out of time. He's got to cowboy maverick this situation and (laughs) reclaim the plane before. And I don't know, like I just I don't understand what the point of is making. It just felt weird because like everybody is like judging Glenn Close for essentially being a lady vice president and not having the 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 stuff to to, to to make their the hard calls and I'm like why why is and that the president thesis? does the same thing right when his family's yeah. in trouble yeah yeah when his family's threatened yeah I thought that like yeah oh. they should have like I even thought that like they mishandled the win of the because of the terrorist um oh my god first of all Harrison Ford should have just ridden that capsule he should have gotten that capsule <laughs> sure Obviously, and yeah. the movie, but like he stays because he's compromised by his family for what? So whatever. And for the longest time, the Russians don't think that he's on the plane. Mm-hmm. And when the press somehow gets a leak that says that the president, the Air Force One has been shot down or whatever went down over Eastern Europe. I don't understand why they made such a comprehensive fucking. You know, news conference where she didn't like like why wouldn't she say that like oh the president we have the president he's recovered but he was injured in the escape process and it's going to be some time before we can get him back to the white house and but she makes it just like they kind of spilt the beans that they didn't have the president or he wasn't in there and i'm like you can see the wheels start spinning and gary Mm-hmm. Uh, Oldman's head when he, he kind of puts it together. I felt like they could have done a better job of, of maintaining operational security without letting yeah, the, the this, press this, just spin wild rumors. I don't know. This movie is not kind to the vice president. Um, they have a scene where Harrison Ford has to remind her that extortionists and blackmailers don't just stop when they get the thing that they ask for in first. They, they literally say, if you give a mouse a cookie, and then the vice president says, oh, 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 I've heard this one. They'll ask for a glass of milk? Uh-huh. <laughs> they, they literally have her complete that sentence. I don't know if they think the audience is brain dead or what. They do. If, because they after do. Harrison Ford... <laughs> After Harrison Ford crumbles and gives the mouse the cookie and then immediately Gary Oldman's like, oh, and I want uh-huh. my glass of milk. <laughs> yep. they, they, they give they give uh, like, Harrison God Ford's wife this thankless line of like, but you said you were going to uh-huh. let us go. And then, you know, Gary Oldman gets to twist his mustache and says, but I lied. See, mm-hmm. see, this is why you don't give in to blackmailers. You fool. You fool. That's the right. Martin four step reveal. Uh yeah, which there, which is kind of the the thesis of the movie in general, right? Like if you give yeah. in to terrorist demands in the first place, they'll just continue to ask for more. 
There's a like, lot of funny stuff. Like, like I even thought Glenn Close getting the, you know, the, the the president's got him on speakerphone and he's essentially saying, oh, it'd be a shame if someone launched a missile at this plane because this thing's got sophisticated <laughs> oh Tesla God. style autopilot that will knock us all off our feet. And then Glenn Close is like, your commander in chief has just issued you a direct order. Like, OK, I agree with you. That's exactly what he was doing. But like, no, he didn't. No, right. there's some inference that has to be done. And. I really like how at they, they showed at every step of the chain of command how people couldn't fucking believe. Like, we're mm-hmm. going to fire an Air Force One. Give the fire the order to fire an Air Force One. <laughs> you get this, like, uh, kid in the pilot. Idea. The, 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 his accent is like, oh, geez, I'm going to shoot Air Force One. I never thought I'd be shooting Air Force One or I strapped in the jet today, Johnny. <laughs> like, it's just like they really belabor the point of how fucking but i guess it would be totally fucking crazy right to be an f-15 pilot shooting down trying to shoot down air force and hoping the countermeasures work yeah no that's what i'm thinking it's it's an insane order i i you don't sign up to be a pilot and think you will ever have to do that yeah it's the last thing you think uh the, the other way that they're not kind to the vice president is i think they had the vice president earnestly no shit no sarcasm no irony nothing requested a copy of the constitution be brought into their war room their briefing room right. so that they can determine who gets to make the call here whether yeah, whether that's... dean stockwell or her does and i'm like the constitution is not going to help you in this like yeah you're going to have it's... to go a lot deeper than the constitution to figure that out We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. Also, I maybe there is a loophole for, like, act of war and secretary of defense, but the idea that the vice president would not be in charge is wild to me. Sure. Like, sure. I, I think if you investigated the, the Constitution, you'd come away with the idea that, like, yeah, no, if... if like, what are we talking cabinet level? We've got the fucking vice president. What the hell? That and then it so... all comes down to, like, the judges interpret, or I guess the attorney general's the attorney interpretation general's of interpretation. it, right? So. He's like, you're both wrong. You should just make this guy be incapacitated, which means that Glenn Close will be the new president. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's weird. But again, I'm not a constitutional scholar. Yeah. Unlike Barack Obama. Uh, There's another way. One, one other way this whole disaster probably could have yeah. been handled. Um. So, so the president, you know, fakes his escape from the plane and then he he hops down from on top of the place he was hiding and he he's able to, A, go to his office. I, I think it's super risky to go to your office right off the bat because these assholes are probably the type that are like, Haha, I'm going to go prop my feet up on the desk of the president mm-hmm. on Air Force One. I'm going to mm-hmm. get a fucking selfie. I'm going to. I'm gonna look awesome to my kids when I get home. Uh, so, so that's probably a number one place the terrorist would be. Uh, mm. The other thing is, he gets a drop on this terrorist and takes his gun, and he's able to knock him out. And then the dipshit just leaves the knocked out terrorist on the floor, as if this, as if he's gonna stay knocked out for the next forty eight hours. And, and what happens? The terrorist gets back up in thirty five seconds. And tries to shoot him and then alerts everyone to his presence. And now he he's lost the element of surprise. The president yeah. should have murdered this guy in cold blood immediately. Have. They did this weird thing. Like the first time he did kill someone, they gave Harrison Ford a moment, like a couple seconds to be like registered. Like, oh, my God, I've shot. But like 
He's a the way Harrison veteran. Jesus Christ. I know. And the way Harrison Ford played (laughs) that as if like, as if like, oh God, do I have a gas bubble? Oh, no, it's off. It's like, it's like one of those things where he had this like clearly like Wolfgang's like, okay, you got, you're morally conflicted. You're more conflicted and you're fine. You're fine. You've just done the calculus. You're the president. This is your plane. You've got emotional Uh, reflux. Take some Gaviscon. You'll be fine. Uh, no, I thought that I thought that oh, was uh, oh, honestly, that's the other thing that's kind of like unbelievable. The fact that like these terrorists are like teenagers at some kind of fucking camp counselor situation and there is a supernatural predator on the loose. They can't get enough of splitting their party and sending mm-hmm. people down onesie twosies to check things out, to leave one guy to, to babysit 40 people. Um, and we talked about them being civilians, but that's not quite right. Like. No. Five like half like like a dozen of these people are secret service agents. Not a few of them are military officers. Mm-hmm. Like there's quite a few this isn't like just the press secretaries and the chef and all that kind of shit. Like there's pretty there's there's a lot of like capable people here. So like I thought I was like in every time I saw it they them them leaving like one terrorist to babysit this whole room full of people, I'm like, well this is insane. Yeah. Yeah, well, I kept thinking like when when go, when Gary Oldman steps in with one guy and a machine gun, I'm like, just rush him. Just rush yeah. him. Yeah, a few of you will die, but you'll end this here and now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do you think that, like, because that's the other thing. Um, do we only think that because we live in a post-9-11 world? Because, like, yeah. pre-9-11, like, it's like, well, just just keep everything cool. Relax. Eventually, you'll land. There'll be a deal made and lives will be exchanged and no one has to die. Because, yeah. yeah, I feel like they let's roll five seconds in a situation uh, nowadays. There's no fucking way. Probably. Because you're right. One guy versus, yeah, there's no way they're going to take three, four of you at most. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, one thing I really do love yeah. is when he gets the idea to dump fuel from the plane. I thought that was really cool. Um, and just how... You know, they had to make it as exciting as possible, right? They couldn't just have the guy reading the schematics say, yeah, cross the green and yellow wires. They had to do the the red, white, and blue thing. They had to make the, red, the white, and phone blue. Lose, lose signal. Yeah. Yeah. The red, white, and blue. Like, I don't know if you get away with that today. Right. Uh, or it might be too cynical. But, yeah, the American press is like, oh, I'm betting on you, red, white, and blue, and hot wiring the other ones, and it just But works. it's a good way to get them to land. I, I appreciate it. Sure. That. Sure. Uh, or to bait the threat because then you get the refueling thing in, involved and mm-hmm. I was constantly amazed at all the things they were able to do on Air Force One because it is a big plane it's like what three four stories it seems like it was um, yeah. so there's lots of things you can do on the inside there's lots of things you can do with the countermeasures um, I guess I'm inclined to believe that this is kind of a super plane so it probably does have, I, 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 I thought it was really neat how they were able to do like that stuff with the para jumpers at the end, mm-hmm. uh, that stuff was fucking crazy. Um, but it looked, uh, I, I, th- I thought it looked really cool and was well executed. I don't know. Oh, uh, for having been stuck on one location, I thought they did. They generated the maximum amount of excitement and set pieces they could. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, two two things about para jumpers. Um, mm-hmm. So apparently there are no parachutes on Air Force One, which. That seems be, insane. Because I don't believe it. No, that's 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 bull. That's security. That's that's it, they're not. It might they're not, be. It's classified. The exact they, amount. They say there are no parachutes because there is no. Uh, there's no cargo door. 
for one, but also uh, it travels too fast for people to be able to jump out of the plane anyway. I don't know why you couldn't slow down. They can't slow down to, to non-lethal speed. Yeah, no, this yeah, thing. This is what I was reading. This Not bus has no sense. brakes. <laughs> yeah, I call bullshit on all that. There's no fucking way they don't have parachutes on Air Force One. The other parachuting thing I call bullshit on is in the very beginning when they're the parajumpers are dropping in to to take Raddick to arrest him. Yeah, they're dressed in all black Mm -hmm. and they've got grease paint on their face to to just make sure there's not a single reflection. No, nothing when they're parachuting in their parachutes are straight white. You couldn't get a black parachute for this shot. Didn't have the budget. Didn't have the budget for stealth parachutes. I mean, bad, as soon as you bad, get close uh, to a city, I didn't even know you're going to get you're lit right. up. Oh, my God. You're right. If it's yeah, uh, crazy. Speaking of the there's a lot of other funny things where like so they're, they they got to get to 15,000 feet and they got to get under 200 miles an hour to do this transfer. Uh, <laughs> William H. Macy's looking at the altimeter and he's counting it off and he's like, we're getting close. And they're like. 200 feet away from 15,000. I don't know. Maybe at 15,000, the human body just passes a hard <laughs> limit. Uh-huh. But he gets out and the, the thing keeps running and he gets to like 15,028. There's 28 feet to go and he's like, close enough. Open the door and start. I'm like, uh-huh. Jesus Christ. Even if it's, uh, even if you want to wait to 15, why aren't there people queued up and ready to go, man? Like, why? Like, oh, this, yeah. Like, they and should also, be jumping two at a time in opposite directions. Yeah. It, and also maybe start jumping at 17,000 feet and hold your breath uh-huh. for two seconds. I don't know. That's I don't kinda, know. I just thought that yeah. was so funny when they cut through like there were 28 feet above. Five. Mm. Close enough. It's a little dodgy. I don't know if they can survive this extra 28 feet, but we're going to have to risk it. We're going to have to risk it. Run out of fuel. This thing's oh God. It's it's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, like I mentioned, those MIGs not being able to shoot that Air Force One with no countermeasures is crazy. But it did give us the Independence Day esque moment. They, there, there are two moments like this in the movie. One is when I think Gary Oldman is going to shoot the president, and and some dude jumps in the way, takes the bullet mm. to the chest. The guy who had been cra- the craven coward throughout ninety percent of the yeah. movie, like the ones guy, we got to make the deal, we got to do this, we got to the only thing we and he ta- he's the guy that takes the bullet. Like, what motivated him to do that? I I don't know. Like just I, I didn't was think about I, it. I thought like Harrison Ford would give like a speech or he would point his finger at mm-hmm. him or do something that would spark that change. And but no, they just had this guy who was kind of. Uh, a craven for the whole movie, just man mm-hmm. up and do the get down, Mr. President. I don't know. And then uh, the the MIGs fire a missile at Air Force One. It has no countermeasures. And one of the fighter pilots, the American fighter pilots, just takes that missile. Mm-hmm. It, you don't see him eject either. Like he's killed. No, he's got a. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, he he's fucking did it. He, he did the get down, yeah. Mr. President. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, I I got uh, that the, the the patriotism kind of uh, juice going. Like all these people who are oh, willingly yeah. laying down their lives to for for this particular, I guess you know, it's the institution more than the man. Although you know, Harrison Ford being president probably doesn't hurt uh, people's loyalty. Uh-huh. I'd take a bullet for him. 
Uh, but yeah, they oh. did that a bunch of times. Like, like I said, I can't, I couldn't get over like how realistically they portrayed the the pilots, and like even like the they had this Annette Benning kind of lookalike secretary. Her final moments were really fucking harrowing. Like they really make Gary Oldman be a complete bastard in this movie. Yeah, the way he is just like ruthless and hard. Like he's it's great, it's great. Um, but all this stuff felt really real. Like these are real people coming to terms with like sacrificing their life for either pointlessness or, you know, for like the ultimate, ultimate sacrifice. And I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Something that's kind of low key bothered me for a while is the fact that like, we're always talking anytime a Soviet plane gets in the air, it's, it's a MIG, 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 it's a MIG. <laughs> These weren't MIGs, is that MIG. what you're going to tell me? No, I, they probably are. I don't fucking know. Oh, okay. But MIGs can know. be like bombers, MIGs can be helicopters, MIGs can be air oh. superiority fire. Like, it'd be kind of like if you saw an F-15 coming and you're like, oh my God, it's McDonnell Douglas. Oh my God, it's a Lockheed Martin. What are we doing? Wait, what are we going to do? It's a Lockheed yeah, it's me. It's it's the it's the it's the yeah, it's the company that made the fighter. Wow. All right. Thirty five years of movie going has not prepared me for that revelation. That's why maybe they're called MIG 35. But like it's so weirdly unspecific to say. And it's like I kept. The, yeah, it's like maybe huh. people do call McDonald like uh, maybe Russians call McD's. That'd be kind of funny. The F-15s are McD's. Uh-huh. You got a Mickey D <laughs> coming in at the. Uh, f- the heading 180. Uh, I don't know. I I, I, huh. I just think it, yeah. It's like what what fucking MIG? Who? What is, kind? is there like an iconic line? Probably, but like that changes over time. So like I don't know. It's just like right. I said. It's just such a generic thing to say when at any one time I think there's like probably two or three generations and like different roles of MIGs. And like I said, you know, fixed hmm. wing, rotary. It's a big. Uh, it's a big thing. It'd be like, uh, yeah. Like uh, if you saw a Japanese aircraft, it's here comes a Mitsubishi. Like, okay, what, right. what, what do we can you be more specific? Uh, I don't know. Just, just a eclipse. minor thing. It could be it could be authentic. Everyone just calls them MIGs or like the Kleenex of. Yeah, <laughs> of, of, of fighter pilot, uh, of fighter trademarks. I got like two more things. I wanted to ask you what you think of the zip line scene. Cool. I like it. Yeah, I like it. It made it made sense. Like, uh, I like that they had a recovery position or rescinding position or receiving position. Mm-hmm. Made a lot of sense. I was sense, thinking, really like, exciting. what's the physics of all this while I was watching it? And I think it checks out. I think they did it mm-hmm. right. Yeah, I don't think the Harrison Ford could hold on to it one handed. Also, I got really <laughs> sure. fucking annoyed at Harrison Ford at this point where, yeah, like someone should have been uh, like, like they, they needed an air, uh, get off your plane. <laughs> yeah, they needed like three or four security secret service guys to be like, God damn it, sir. You are getting strapped and sent. I don't get I, we we waited for your wife. We waited mm. for your daughter. Now everyone attached to this plane is going to die because you're an asshole. And it almost happened. It almost happened. They're 700 feet away from because yeah. I'm thinking like, so if you're the parajumpers and you got a plane full of people that you've recovered, plus your own lives, do you go down to the sh- with the ship on the hope that the president can jump out at the last minute? Or is there one point where you're like, fuck this guy. I didn't even vote for him. <laughs> I'm 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 pulling out. I'm not going into the Black Sea for this guy tonight. He's had 15 fucking minutes. I, yeah, I don't know what the um, rated weight is for for any of this. The the winch they're using to to wheel it to to pull it in the the cable itself, the harnesses, the straps yeah. they're using, the carabiners. 
I don't know what any of yeah. that rating is, but in my opinion, what they should have done is just take everybody and fucking strap them in immediately. Just like, yeah. don't don't wait for everybody to get off the the plane one at a time. Just get, get everybody, everybody strapped up, up. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll all slide over together. Yeah. I don't know why that wouldn't work. I mean, they might get slightly injured there might be some bumps maybe a broken bone or two but come right, but on they're off of they're off of the the plane that's crashing they've averted sure death yeah although how would you secure the other end of that because i guess if air force one crashed and then there's this like ragged end of rope and you got people at like what keeps them from just sliding off into oblivion i mean just hook it to yeah, uh, what what kept Harrison Ford on it? Wasn't it just like the the hook? On it the was other his grip. No, I think it was his grip strength, man. I don't think he <laughs> was. was a, he was just. I think because I come like, oh, please Jesus. tell me that he got that carabiner secured because like he was trying. He was like his hands are shaking. It's because that's got to be the most stressful thing in the world. You get like, oh, hey, yeah. two seconds to hook this thing up or you're dead or yeah. you're dead. Yeah. Uh, but like, yeah, he's just like I I don't I I don't know what the physics are. I don't know what it felt like to, to get the full shock of that. I don't, but I I was very skeptical that Harris or anybody anybody mm-hmm. had the grip strength to, to 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 do what he did in that. But whatever, he's a president. Yeah, it's president's movie. Uh, let me ask you this question. My last question about the president. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a line in the movie. I forget who says it, but they claim that the president has no right to take chances with his life. Well, where do you stand on that idea? Is that it? it does the I don't know about that life belong to him or does it belong to the people of America? Oh, I guess if you ask me like that, like I, I, I keep coming back to like, I just strongly disagreed with everything that Harrison Ford did in this movie. Like you, if I was the president, I would have gotten into capsule. Uh huh. If, if. By some miracle, after many daring hours of improbable shit happens, I was about to get rescued. I would be the first person off that plane. Yeah. Like, I want my wife and daughter right behind me. But like, I get like, it's almost an insult to you guys. But like, yeah, I I don't I don't know. I yeah, I do think that that's part of the part of being president that you have to, like, put the country above your your own your own your, your own individual needs right now what there has do or to not. be a line though because i'm thinking about it like if you want to take that to its logical extreme well does the president have a right to have a family can, can the president have loyalties or 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 even responsibilities beyond being the president right or does <laughs> he just need to be in a pod being the president 24 7 he should be donating blood every goddamn day probably marrow mm-hmm. once a month like we should suck every bit of stuff <laughs> out of him he's public property yeah he he signed up for this yes yes yeah. harvest his marrow his organs he's like a national he, park he's not walking out of that oval office with two kidneys let me tell you <laughs> he's got he's gonna have one lobe of liver half a kidney uh. a quart of blood <laughs> And his his pelvis is going to look like lace baby aged Swiss cheese when we're done with him. Because, yeah, he's got no individual life, Jim. Oh, my God. We need people. Okay. We, and you should know that going in. We only want people serious about this job, man. Right. <laughs> oh, you won't sign that waiver? You're not serious. Yeah, we should see a president's hip bones before we get, you know. Get him up on a mil- get 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 Biden on a bike. You might see his hip bones come out. <laughs> yeah, you might probably. literally get to see his hip bones. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. There's there's some old marrow in them bones. I think we could we could harvest Jeez. them. 
Uh, no, no, but I, I, I don't. But you think you think that there's like a limit to like what what is that? Limit? Yeah, I mean you can't tell. A clearly, president he can't president should family, be able to, right. You shouldn't you, you shouldn't you shouldn't be able to profit off the presidency. Like if you had some kind oh, of obviously. multinational conglomerate uh, doing business in a bunch of countries, you should probably have to get that like put that in some kind of irre- irre- uh, revocable trust or something. Um, mm-hmm. But like yeah, being out with a family, mm. there's got to be like a. a there almost has to be a rule where you got to recuse yourself if your family is directly involved in something, right? Like, I I do like the interpretation that it incapacitates you. Yeah. Like, if if a president's wife and children were uh, kidnapped and like being held hostage, you probably should let the vice president handle that. But like it's interesting because like we don't want presidents traditionally. It doesn't seem like it that are childless or don't have wives and families because mm-hmm. the president is also in a large way representative of us. And like we don't want them sure. to be like lizard people. We <laughs> want them to Boy, like have feeling attacked. I'm a lizard person all of a sudden. <laughs> don't have children and I'm a lizard person. All right. Uh, you just, it's just like the same reason. Like, I don't think we'll see an atheist president in our lifetime. Like the, 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 the guy has to be of the people enough that, you know, yeah. he's like recognized it. So like, yeah, I think that's, and then it's just almost, like de almost, facto, almost, right? Because he won't get the votes if he isn't. Yeah. Or, and or it almost they like, aren't, I should say it'd be counterproductive to not let the president have a family because then it's like, it's like if you, if you wanted to have like this, like technocratic, like perfect system to where you know I don't I don't know how you do that but like yeah you did like the 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 this potential presidents are like monks and nuns and they're sequestered and they're just I don't know uh, brainwashed to be the perfect vessels of the Constitution or something like that but, but yeah but, but and, and I can like see okay the president shouldn't take unreasonable risks with his life like maybe he shouldn't go skydiving for recreation but like yeah bungee jumping. Can he can he drive a car? Like you're taking a risk every time you do. Can he? I get I get from like uh, I got a lot of this from Jerry Seinfeld's uh, coffee. You know, like that. What was it? Coffee with comedians and comedians cars with coffee or something. Yeah, yeah. He got he got Barack Obama for that, and I guess it took some fucking doing to get him into a car that was not controlled by the Secret Service, and it's 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 considered highly controversial for a president to want to drive himself because yeah, it's like. I mean, most Americans, if, if if you don't die from lung cancer or heart disease, it's going to be a car accident or a gun that gets you. So, like, yeah, sure. if you can just get the president out of out of driving his own vehicles, then <laughs> saving off a lot of cause of presidential death, I imagine. Mm-hmm. Well, there's one other thing, I guess uh, we, we, we gave lip service at the beginning of the 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 movie. Where we talked about how this movie is very dated in some ways in terms of like the tailoring of the suits. And the fact that Saddam Hussein still the leader of Iraq, but it's very date, uh, but it's very like prescient in a way. Like you can hear like a lot of like ultranational Russians taking essentially the line that Gary Oldman does here, which is you painted mm-hmm. my country over to gangsters and whores. And I, I don't know because I didn't pay attention to a lot of foreign policy until post you know nine eleven, like probably yeah. a lot of Americans. But it, it, God, it does feel like we, that we, broadly speaking, the Western powers must have really bumbled the transition from the Soviet Union to Russia and a bunch of satellite nations poorly. Because like that, I remember that being a thing 
Like, it seemed like we knew it was happening as it was happening because all of our fiction, like Goldeneye, is about the collapse of the Soviet Union and how it's mm-hmm. just like this open air market of drugs and sex traffic and weapons and corruption. And the people were free. I mean, there's a plot point in the movies, like in the same, like people were freezing. So they're like pulling apart their staircases and elevators to put like we knew all this shit was happening. And probably our companies were like pigs and shit taking full advantage of like these open markets and stuff like why didn't we do a better job like this this thing got a we had this like historic foe that was almost for a hundred years opposing us around the world they collapsed and we had this thing where we could be their friends and like what the fuck we just like just just were more interested in going through their corpses pockets for loose change than building up a partner because holy fuck 20 years on or i guess 25 years on it's a nightmare compared to where we were in the early 90s yeah, I mean that doesn't sound unrealistic to me. I I don't know enough about it to really comment intelligently, but if I had to pick out one pattern for uh our country maybe in particular, but yeah. maybe the world in general, it's it's greed. It's greed. It's the people yeah, see yeah. an opportunity to enrich themselves and do, do not consider maybe not even consider the cost to someone else. Let alone consider the morality of taking that well also looking back it seems like in our own country we were in a cycle of like you know deregulating and 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 uh, taking sure. things out of public control and handing it to private hands so it's like we were kind of looting our own country in a way so like why would it mm-hmm. like i think people sincerely believed it like oh well yeah just let the market take care of things and uh it'll kind of sort itself out kind of in the same way that like you know, one of the seemingly the bumblings of the Iraq situation was just like, oh, well, we'll, you know, we'll we'll take the old guy out and democracy, you know, we'll. we'll yeah. And it doesn't. So, like, I don't know, maybe we maybe uh, we we buy the market there. We, we buy the the marketing of freedom and capitalism a little too much. It's like it's not an accident, something you have to actually work for, uh, work towards. Like, think about all the money that was spent um like Marshall planning Europe and and Japan after World War Two and like boy, mm-hmm. gosh, seems like if you spent a little bit of money uh, shoring up some of the institutions of Russia and helping them fight corruption, yeah, probably and, probably a lot of bit of money. I mean, yeah, Japan versus the remnants of the USSR is probably two very different scenarios in scale. Yeah, and but, how much like did they want that kind of help and all that? But still, still, sure, sure. I, and I guess it's 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 something I know nothing about. But it's just so wild to see. Yeah, it's yeah. like um, it's like if a if a movie if you saw, saw a bunch of movies in the late '90s about uh, you know uh, the country heading towards a a, a pothole, mm-hmm. and like then 15 years later, it's like oh god, the country's transmission's fucked because we just hit that. We, we not only did we not steer in that pothole, we hit it for everything we got and just tore our tire. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, like all these movies in the late 90s, like, hey, this Russian situation kind of scary. Maybe, maybe something should be done. And like, nope, just, just didn't fucking do it. So I guess it's like Syriana, where it's like a, a movie that you mm-hmm. watch and it says the same thing about the 20, about the Middle East, you could say 20 years on. Like, mm-hmm. okay. Not very good. Not very good at uh, solving problems that we identify, apparently. Nope. Uh, I wasn't thinking about any of that when I saw this movie the first time because I was like 15. No. Yeah. All that stuff with the Russians yeah. and the corruption came off as like really sophisticated, geo, you know, like right. real politics. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's just vague like, enough for me to 
just right. kind of buy it and not not think about it, not need to think about it. Yeah, and it makes you think of like what what uh, what are we what are we ignoring now? Sure, that's going to be a hot button issue thirty years from now. Besides global warming, uh, sure. <laughs> besides the obvious, what are we what are what what situation are we ignoring now to our peril? Uh, fun times, fun times. Uh, maybe Harrison Ford can uh, can come back and mm-hmm. and uh, do Air Force Two. <laughs> save us! I don't S- save us. Think from this he one. can? He'd have to no. do Air Force One Two. What? Air Force 12. Air Force I mean, 12, he, uh, he literally, if he's the president, he cannot do a movie called Air Force 2. Why not? Because whatever oh, plane he's on, he's whatever vessel one. he's on is Air Force. Yeah. He comes back as vice president. Okay. There you go. His term. He served he, as two He's terms. a one-term president. Wait, uh, after that heroicism, he only got a one term? He got voted out in November? Are yeah, you kidding you're probably, me? You're probably, he's a two-term that, president. Probably, he's coming back mm. as a vice president. Well, then he can't because I don't think you can run as vice president if you're two terms because, you know. Oh, is that true? Is that? Maybe. No. Well. Because then you couldn't it, be the president again if the president were Because I know you can't run. Like if you are right. the vice president and the president dies and you become president for like two years and then you can, you can still run for election two more times. But like. So, like, if you ran as a vice president underneath the president, this is all easily answered by the Constitution. <laughs> you can do yeah, sure. one simple Google search. One but like, Actually, yeah, I yeah, feel bring like a copy of the Constitution in here. We'll settle this. Yeah, get give me the secretary, uh, the attorney general, <laughs> and the Constitution. I need to get to the bottom uh-huh. of all this. But no, I, mean, I could see a world where like you could run as the vice president, and you could even be president if you took over from the president. But then you would be term limited so you wouldn't be able to run again you'd have to step aside yeah. and so why would they ever make you but yeah is air force 2 he's the vice president and mm-hmm. gary oldman survived turns out oh he was sleeping Sur- on that survived parachute the ride fall. down he he survived the fa- uh, oh right he was a parachute there you go yeah his neck wasn't broken he just got real sleepy <laughs> and he's coming back <laughs> <laughs> he's going to dress as winston churchill to infiltrate the Infiltrate Air Force Two. Wow. All right. That'll do for Air Force One. Next week, we'll be returning to Prestige with Boogie Nights. Have you seen this one, Jim? I saw the very beginning of this movie and have not finished it. I'm excited. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, I remember really liking it. It's a it's a classic Paul Thomas Anderson. I just I, I have no idea if it holds up. It might be ridiculous, but uh, we'll we'll figure it out next week. Boogie Nights. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on another prestige film. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.